Hey, welcome back to the Seven Dev Podcast. My name is Christian Freeman, and I'm your host. So far in the series, we've been covering this idea of hacking the full stack dev career roadmap. So in episode one, we talked about the front end part of your uh, kind of career as a junior developer. In episode two, we talked about the back end. And in episode three, that's this episode, we're going to talk about your portfolio. So it's a higher level look at the things that you should have in your portfolio in order to stand out in the application process. So if this is your first time listening to the 7Dev podcast, here is the gist of what we do here. We talk about life hacks and I don't like that term. We talk about hacking your software development career. So that can include how to get a good job, like we're talking about here with the career roadmap. It could be productivity tips, tools, frameworks, really anything you need to know. And it's all given with a very practical sort of hands-on look at how you can do this stuff and how to increase your productivity. You could call it life hacks for developers, but I know that the term life hacks is like super overdone in social media and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, take that as you will. If you like this podcast and you want to check out more things that we do at 7Dev, you can follow us on all social media at the number 7DOTDEV. That's 7.dev. I post daily videos on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And then we also have a website, which is just 7, the number 7.dev, where there are blog posts and courses and things like that. We recently released a free course called GitHub Copilot Mastery, which teaches you how to get up and running with GitHub Copilot. So you can go check that out on our website if you're interested. Okay, so for episode three, let's get into the portfolio. So in episode one, like I said, we talked about the front end. In episode two, we talked about the back end, things you need to know in each of those areas in order to start to get better as a junior developer. And the portfolio is really where all of that comes together. Now, I have a couple of ground rules for portfolio projects that I'm going to uh, share with you. And all of the projects that we talk about, none of these are like prescriptive. You must do this. You must build this exact thing in order to get a job. Because A, I don't know what's going to get you a job, right? A portfolio is just one small piece of the entire sort of setup of what makes you look good in an application and and what makes you do well in an interview and stuff like that. But also if everyone did the same projects, no one would stand out. So you need to take all of these, probably add your own spin, add your interests, things that you think are cool. Give you a great example. Someone that I taught in a JavaScript class a long time ago, we had this sort of portfolio project that we built where it was using a backend API to drive a front end. And he took it and ran with it and he built a World of Warcraft like timing and dungeon like companion. So for people who don't play World of Warcraft, the dungeons are super intricate and complex. And and so for his project that he built, because he was super into World of Warcraft, he had this entire uh, setup that was specifically tailored to his interests. And the fact is that stuff, even if the interviewer doesn't really understand what it is, it stands out more than like, I built a to-do list application. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not as interesting. Definitely add your own interests and everything to that. And yeah, let's get into to some of the kind of ground rules. I think secretly that was one of them. Include all uh, your interests and, and things like that. But the second thing is that you should be able to, and I actually say this is probably the most important thing. So 
the interest thing is nice or whatever, but I think the most important thing is that you can talk about it in an interview. Talk about your project. And the reason why I bring that up is that, let's be honest, a lot of people are really, I don't want to say desperate, but eager to get into a job. We've all been in that situation. We see how exciting it would be to have a coding job or whatever. And we may start to build things in our portfolio that maybe they take some code from GitHub that someone else has written. Maybe it's driven by Stack Overflow. We looked up everything on Stack Overflow and we copy pasted a lot of code. And that's okay. That's how people learn. Coding, even at the sort of highest level as like a senior developer or whatever, and especially with tools now, GitHub Copilot, they are very copy paste and, and fill in the blanks here driven, right? Like they're not all unique, birthed from your mind and pure sort of uh, completely innovative, nothing here has ever been done before sort of code. It just really doesn't work like that. But if you have a project that is all of that stuff and you do not understand what's going on, Say, for instance, you get into an interview and you say, hey, this is my portfolio project. I built a uh, recipe app that allows you to store and create recipes, and here it is. So what happens if someone comes in and they're like, hey, I really, the layout of this, you did a really great job on the front end. Can you tell me more about how you wrote the CSS and what sort of decisions you made? And you just sit there and you're like, and you're like, shit. I uh, copy pasted all of this from GitHub. I found a project that someone had that was called uh, recipe and I copied all of the HTML and CSS and just put it in. Like you're screwed, right? You're gonna have a really hard time talking about even a single part of this. Why did you make the decision to have it be a three column layout where the left column is all the recipes, the middle column is the instructions and the right column is the ingredients. Why did you make that decision? You didn't make that decision. You copy pasted it from someone else. And so I think the guiding principle is you need to be able to talk about the project and you need to be able to explain when those things come up, why you made those decisions, because you actually did make those decisions. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to be able to you know, answer every single question. Say someone is in an interview and they're like, hey, you used uh, Firebase for this application. How are you going to handle a million requests coming in? If you get that question and you're interviewing for a junior developer job, you probably don't have a great answer for it. And that's fine. You don't really need to. You may still want to practice those how you answer those kinds of questions. You might say it's built using Firebase, which has handled a lot of scale for other applications. I think that it will be able to handle it because I built it in a way where the database isn't used that much after loading the initial data. So I, th I think it will be something I, that can scale fine, but here's what I might do to, to investigate that further if I got in that situation. Like you don't need to be like, the connection pooling has 15 connection requests and so I'm gonna scale it using an external. You don't need to have all that stuff figured out. But for basic questions, the, the layout question that I brought up earlier, you need to be able to talk about it. And I think that is like the number one guiding principle you don't need to have all the answers, but you need to be able to talk about stuff intelligently enough where it's clear that you actually built it and you thought about these things. I mean, you didn't think about every single situation, right? The technical interview and stuff like that, or any of these interviews are designed to trip you up a little bit, but you can still talk about it in a way where it's clear that you had some like skin in the game here. You actually wrote some code and, and built some parts of this. So that's a high level. You should be able to talk about it. And the second part is more low level. This is the second guiding principle, 
which is how to choose things, tools, and frameworks to integrate in order to make this project interesting. So I like to think of this as basically maybe two or three items put together. Now, item one is something that really well. So that could be something like a framework for CSS, like Bootstrap. You may have things like Bootstrap templates or something that you can plug into, like I said, maybe your copy pasting code, whatever. That's fine to some extent. This is the part that you really well. Or this could be, if you're more backend focused, like a really straightforward backend API where you can get things, you can update things, you can delete them. Some part of that needs to be something that really, it's like your A plus skill. And if you don't have any A plus skills yet, it's fine. You need to keep working on it. Your portfolio project is, is the culmination of all this stuff. That doesn't necessarily have to be something you're able to do one month in. But you should have one sort of A plus skill that is clearly uh, kind of in in the sort of forefront of, yeah, you're, this is the part you got down totally fine. And you have that sort of figured out and it just works. Now, number two is something that you are not that familiar with, but you are clearly putting in the effort to push yourself to get there. So a good example of this could be like a database, right? You don't uh, really know how to use a database super well, but maybe you plugged in Firebase or Supabase or something like that. It could be Auth. Maybe you don't understand how to use something like Auth0 too well, but you made the effort to try and build a basic login and stuff like that. And it's something where you're pushing yourself just a little bit in order to show that you're uh, able to do that sort of thing and, and make something of sufficient complexity. On the front end, this could be something like a more complex framework like Tailwind, where you've done some customization using like a Tailwind config file. That's something you can talk about. And the reason that I have this as a particular aspect of this project goes back to guideline number one. Can you talk about it? When we look at something like, say, the Tailwind example, Tailwind's a CSS framework that has a configuration file where you can style and color things or add your own custom classes. When you're in the interview and someone says, tell me about this project and something interesting that you did, you can say, and shoot, you could even repeat this verbatim if you want, because you still have to end up building this. So I'm not like giving you <laughs> a particular answer or anything. You can say, hey, I... I'd heard a lot of people talking about Tailwind on Twitter or on GitHub. I saw it was really popular. I wanted to push myself, so I added Tailwind to my project. I used it, and I used the configuration file to add my own twist on the design. I changed the colors. I added my own custom classes and things like that, and it was something that I hadn't done before. So I had used off-the-shelf tools like Bootstrap, but I hadn't used Tailwind, and so this helped push me to do something that I hadn't done before, which was customize a framework using a configuration file. And I learned a lot from it, and I, I'm proud of how it looks. I think that's a pretty good answer, right? I think that shows that you put in time to think about this, and, and you did put in the effort. You could do the same with the auth or the database or whatever. This is something that is just a little out of your comfort zone. And then the third thing is something that is totally out of your comfort zone. This is a swing for the fences kind of thing. And this is something where even if you don't actually succeed in implementing it, you can talk about it. I have the secret suspicion that people who are able to admit to failure in interviews, unless you're dealing with an asshole interviewer, you're going to get a lot farther along in the process. Let me give you an example of what this might look like. 
you're building, say, that recipe application, and you go for some really complex animations. Maybe you have this sort of like page unfolding, like it's a recipe book or something like that, or you have like dynamic logos and icons and animations for all of the ingredients that like you click on one of them and there's like a little salt shaker that shakes or something like that. I don't know, whatever that may be. If you're building on the back inside and doing something totally out of your area of expertise that you don't feel super comfortable with, maybe it's like live streaming API or something like that, where it's like just a, a whole nother level more complex than what you're used to. And I think what's important here is that you don't actually have to succeed at this. You could show this sort of skeleton of it. And this, again, you're going to obviously know what I'm going for here is that this goes back to that idea of talking about stuff, being able to talk about what you built. Let me give you an example. Say you have something with a backend streaming API. And they say, tell me about something that you struggled with in this application. And you say, I had this idea for my recipe book where every time that someone was looking at a recipe, there would be this sort of live counter thing that says 10 other people are cooking this right now. This is idea of this like network where other people can see other people are trying to cook this, this roast or whatever it may be. There are other people are trying to, they're on this recipe and they're currently cooking alongside me. Dealing with this sort of streaming API was something I'd never done before. And so what I did is I set up a WebSocket using this tool that I found called Socket.io, which is supposed to be a really simple way for managing live connections. And I tried to plug that in to my backend server that I built. Now what happened is that I found that once there were two or three people, I had two or three of my friends also try and connect to it uh, and actually crashed the server. So I couldn't quite figure out how to manage the connections in a way that didn't overwhelm my server. And so I had to just comment out the code. But you can see that the, that sort of 10 other people are cooking right now is still there in the UI because I thought it was a really cool idea. And though I still need to do some more research and figure out the best way to do it and to do it in a way that is efficient, I was really proud of being able to try that and it didn't quite succeed at the end, but it still was, was pretty cool and I thought it was a cool idea. So again, when you phrase it that way, right? When you talk about it in a way where it's this sort of story, it doesn't really feel like a failure, right? Like it seems like you push yourself, you stretch yourself. And I think that the, the story that you get out of that is something that's worth doing and that's what makes the portfolio project really interesting. I know we're over time, I try to keep these around 15 minutes, but I'm going to add one more thing, which is the actual tools or parts of your knowledge that you pick. And I'm going to make this really brief. When it comes to portfolio projects, I would strongly recommend having one very good front-end application. So that's something where you're using tools uh, like Tailwind or Bootstrap, use a framework that people use all the time. Use things uh, like Flexbox or uh, CSS Grid, some sort of modern HTML and CSS layout tool, and just show that you can lay out something that's really uh, well formatted particularly if you can do something with responsive web design, which is this idea that the page can relay out itself. That's relay out is not a word, but it can lay out based on the size of what it's on. So whether that's on your desktop or your phone, it can reposition itself, something like that. Uh, maybe even like a clone of an existing thing. Can you lay out Twitter or Facebook or something like that? I think that's a great application that sort of focuses on the front end. On the back end, something very similar. Can you do a sort of fully featured backend application, like an API 
built using Express that handles data. Bonus points if you can add it to a database or something persistent to a database. But I think that's a great comprehensive backend project. And then the third project is more what we're talking about in the rest of this episode, which is a sort of keystone front-end plus back-end with these three aspects. Again, that's something really well, something you push yourself on just a little bit, and then something where you swing for the fences. Maybe you get it, maybe you don't. That's your third keystone project. And all of those together, I think, are a really good initial portfolio. And notice I didn't talk about what those specific projects are, though we talked about a recipe book. You can take that if you want and roll with it. I've I hope you get the job. So I'm rooting for you. If you want to take it, absolutely do that. But some other ideas that I have that are just off the cuff, a blog is a good one where you can lay things out and have a good UI design for a lot of text and stuff like that. Social media applications are always interesting, whether that's like an Instagram layout or a Twitter layout, images versus text. Open source applications are another good one. I have a, I'll link this in the description of the podcast episode, but I have a a short that I did on Instagram covering this idea of an open source template and how that's a secret, uh, good portfolio project where you build like best practices of all the tools that you like using into an open source template that other people can use. That's an interesting one that is out of scope of all the other stuff we talked about today, but I'll link that video in the description if you want to check it out. All of those are interesting projects. I know there are no lack of people talking about what are good portfolio projects. And so that's why I focused on the sort of hypothetical or or I guess like philosophical ideas behind portfolio projects. And uh, I hope you found it interesting. If you enjoyed this episode, let me know on social media, seven, that's the number seven, D-O-T-D-E-V at seven.dev on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok threads, Twitter, I don't know, everywhere. Let me know what you thought of the episode. This is a fun one. I actually really enjoyed this episode and I hope you found it useful. We'll continue the series on hacking the roadmap. We're getting to the end of this sort of junior stuff. In the next episode, I'll talk about interviewing and stuff like that. And then I'll do a couple episodes, I think here about just general developer stuff. And then if these are well-received, maybe I'll come back to the sort of later stages of the career roadmap. I'm your host, Christian Freeman. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, follow us on all those social media platforms that I mentioned. We do daily videos on all kinds of programming topics. And then over at the number 7.dev, that's our website. We have free courses and blog posts and all kinds of other things you can check out. So thanks very much for listening. I know this is a long episode, but I hope you found it useful and I'll see you in the next one.